Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is the Chris and Amy show with you on a Tuesday morning. Chris Ranji is still out gallivanting around town. And so we get to welcome in our good friend, Brad Young of Harris, Dowell, Fisher and Young. He's the anchor leg in that law firm. And we're grateful to have him. Hey, Brad. Good morning. It's good good to see you again. Good to see you. And thank you all for tuning in this morning. If you're listening on 1120 AM, the classic, uh, you might want to try 98.7 FM. It is crystal clear, especially along the Highway 40 corridor. I have 98.7 FM on my car all the time. You can also listen to us on the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app on your phone. You can rewind live radio. If you miss anything, you can pick out the segments. It's so convenient. And of course, you can always check out our podcast, The Chris and Amy Show, podcasted wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Well, men were brandishing guns brazenly in the Central West End and stealing cars. There's video and the St. Louis police would like your help in identifying them if you know who they are. Also, support for Israel is waning as criticism increases from Joe Biden and also younger Americans, a majority of them, do not support Israel. And a lot of headlines coming from the Vatican as now it's been decided that the Pope can bless same-sex couples. Although Brad Young, who's looked into the issue more, said it's not quite as broad as it may sound. Well, that's right, because there was a document released. And this, Amy, to me, this is one of those classic situations where what we're seeing reported is not necessarily accurate. And and I'm not certainly going to uh, get into what the Pope did or didn't say, but, but what has been reported, the gist and the angle of what we've seen reported, is that the Pope has changed Catholic policy and that now the Vatican can bless same-sex couples. Uh, and, and with the implication being that it's a tacit approval of same-sex marriage. And yet, if you look into the documents, Amy, in terms of of what was actually said, that's not what was done at all, and that's not what the document purports to say. So whether you are, that is something that you support or don't support, it's not quite as massive of a move as headlines would lead you to believe. Exactly, because in that same document that that we're seeing a lot of reports on that came out uh, yesterday, it says in the same document, and I'm quoting, that marriage is the exclusive, stable, and indissoluble union between a man and a woman, naturally open to the generation of children, unquote. And there's a lot of other quotations in that same document. So really, to, to, to drill down into what was actually said. Now, I'm not Catholic. I don't attend Catholic churches, and I'm not arguing on behalf of a point. My only reason to bring this up is 
is what we're seeing reported in the news, I think, is inaccurate. Hmm. Because the document that, that, that I'm talking about here goes on, I'm not going to quote the rest of this document, but it goes on to specifically state that marriage is between a man and a woman. There's no change in the Catholic policy with regard to that position. Uh, but what it does is it simply allows priests to bless individuals asking for the remission of sin, uh, and if they happen to be same-sex married couples, they can still be blessed by the Pope for the remission of sin, not that it's blessing the same-sex marriage. Yeah, I think that's where the confusion is, and and this happens a lot in headlines, that words matter, word choice matters, yes. what's included and not explained also matters because the responsibility of journalists is ultimately they do have the it's within their purview to amplify or diminish certain points of a story. And you can generally tell uh, perhaps what that reporter organization is leaning towards by what they amplify, what they diminish. I'm not necessarily saying that in this case, but in the New York Times article, there is a statement from a spokeswoman for the bishops at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and they wanted to emphasize the distinction between formal sacramental blessings and, quote, pastoral blessings. And this is a statement from the spokeswoman. She said, the church's teaching on marriage has not changed, and this declaration affirms that, while also making an effort to accompany people through the imparting of pastoral blessings, because each of us needs God's healing, love, and mercy in our lives. So, yeah, the the headline sounds like it's the union that is being blessed. Correct. But what really the church is trying to clarify it is it's the individuals being blessed. Exactly. Exactly. And and to me, this is, and, and we've seen this, this goes all the way back, I think, to starting with Watergate. But mm-hmm. we've seen a real emphasis on this, I think, in the last 20 years, where the goals of journalists have changed. Mm-hmm. The goals were previously report the news. And now it seems like the goal of journalism uh, is to not just report the news, uh, but to advocate a position. And let me give you a a quick example in a different area. And, you know, I'm an attorney in my field. I hire doctors as experts in certain cases, and I don't hire doctors that want to be advocates. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm the advocate. Well, we don't need two advocates here, doctor. You be the doctor and I'll be the advocate. Give me your medical opinion and then I'll do something with that medical opinion. And so, but what we've seen in journalism, and in fact, it's even being taught in many journalism schools today, that the goal of journalism isn't to report the news, but to change society. And so if a journalist has that, has that as a mission, to change society, then they're looking at this story and they're trying to get out ahead to start the Catholic Church moving towards acceptance of same-sex marriage instead of simply reporting what was actually done, which had nothing whatsoever to do with same-sex mm-hmm. marriage. Yeah, I, going back to your point about this being about headlines in journalism, and I, I mean, I go to bat for journalists all the time. I'm an opinion giver. I'm not a journalist. I read the news. I give my opinion so people can tell which way I lean. I have no problem saying who I like or don't like. But there are journalists out in the field, 
And I bring up Clarissa Ward does incredible work. Uh, Isabel Kershudian for The Washington Post does incredible coverage of Ukraine. They're putting their lives at risk. We need journalists and especially you can see bias in American journalism and media. Absolutely. Sure. But we're not we're not the CCP. You know, it's not propaganda. <laughs> we still have freedom of the press. And that's why I think it is even more incumbent on journalists to view their work objectively because there has been a shift. We talked to Monty Friedman. He mm. worked at the in the Associated Press in Jerusalem for years and years, had friends who worked at the Associated Press office in Gaza. And he said, what's what's happening is more and more journalists are graduating from universities with this idea that journalism is a tool of justice. And once you view journalism as a tool of justice to right a wrong that you believe is being done, that dictates what you amplify. That dictates what you diminish. Sure. And, yeah, and so I think there's— there's problems with that. I remember. Do you remember when it was under Donald Trump's presidency that Suleimani, the terrorist leader, sure. was killed? Absolutely. The Washington Post came under fire because they referred to the Iranian general as the, quote, nation's most revered military leader. So nation's most revered military leader and then also a spiritual leader. And didn't lead, buried the lead with a guy with the <laughs> fact that this guy was one of the most notorious terrorists personally yes. responsible for cruel deaths of so many people. And so they did have to kind of walk that back. But yes, there were more and more headlines, some of them more offensive than others, of horrible people, but with perhaps more flattering taglines to go along with their names because you can shape a reaction to a story. Absolutely. And and I'm thinking of like Major Garrett. You know, to this day, I couldn't tell you where Major Garrett's political leanings lie. I I couldn't tell you. Uh, Tim Russert, the same way, uh, when Russert was on, I could not even begin to tell you what his political ideas were because he was so good at reporting and analyzing, being tough on both sides, uh, being uh, critically objective, uh, and yet when we look at this story, and if you just go out and Google right now, if you go Google Catholic same-sex marriage, you're going to see dozens of stories that all lead you to believe that the Catholic Church's position on same-sex marriage is now changing. And that's simply not the case. He's Brad Young. I'm Amy Mark Scores. Brad, uh, next, would you like to talk about Rams Cash? Yeah, I would, because this is something that I have been covering for weeks and weeks on At Your Service on Wednesday evenings uh, here on KMOX. Not this Wednesday evening. We've got uh, Billikens basketball. Mm-hmm. But I've been covering this story for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm glad. I think someone at City Hall is listening to KMOX because this is exactly <laughs> the position that I've been advocating uh, for the past several months. I can't wait to hear about it. Of course, he's talking about the $250 million share that the city will get, part of the NFL Rams settlement. Brad Young, Amy Mark scores the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. We have just the... Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
in Studio B to talk about the $250 million share of the NFL Rams settlement that is headed to the city of St. Louis or maybe already in the coffers of the city of St. Louis. And that is Brad Young. I'm Amy Mark Scores. Brad, you've been talking about this money for a long time. I have. The Rams, the entire Rams litigation to me was was really, uh, it was like a primer on litigation. And we've got to see it up close through the entire process. I've followed it since the lawsuit was filed, and I've followed it into uh, into settlement. And you mentioned, have they got the money? Yes, the city has the money. You remember earlier this year there was a there was a little bit of a scandal, much like the failure to collect the marijuana tax that cost the city tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this instance, the 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 city had the money in a passbook savings account that was getting less than one percent interest. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was change it into a different type of an account. They were losing, as I recall, they were losing $14,000 a day in interest simply because somebody had it stuck in the wrong bank account. All right. So there's a a history of mismanagement here. So the reason why this was a topic for me on At Your Service for many weeks was that there were hearings about what should the city do with the money. And all of the proposals, Amy, dealt with – Things that may be important, but it would all the money would basically go to one thing. And so the city has all these needs, but the money would go to one thing that may or may not be a top priority. So what I was advocating starting, my goodness, in September, what I was been advocating was to put the money into a government-backed security account mm-hmm. that would get a somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six to seven percent interest on that return. You would generate about 10 to $15 million a year in interest and then take that money and you could have a revolving set of priorities. So in 2025, we could use $15 million in interest to work on potholes in the city. Mm-hmm. For the next year, we could give it as universal basic income. Now, that's not my advocate. I don't advocate universal basic income. I think that's a bad idea. But my point is that the city wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You could devote these funds to multiple different objectives every year and create this rotating set of priorities where the city every year could address new problems. Trash pickup. We could one year we could give it to trash pickup. One year we could use the money for overtime for police officers. You know, we could use this to all to solve lots of problems by doing it this way. And the post post dispatch reported yesterday that that is in fact now the prevailing idea at City Hall as to how to spend this money, invest the money and then use the interest to solve a revolving set of problems over the next into infinity, really. I guess my question is, I mean, that makes so much sense to me. It's so practical and it it almost feels like that should have been the top option from the get go. Like what were they weighing other than using the interest so that they could perpetuate this money to continue programs versus we're going to use it once and then it's gone? Well, there there was there were several sets of hearings that the city had starting in September on what to do with this money. The the prevailing idea was going to be that it was going to go towards subsidies to subsidize low income housing so that individuals who are are not living in good living conditions can then move to other areas and they could apply for rental subsidies or housing subsidies if they if they want to buy a house somewhere then they could get uh, low income subsidies and again that's a very good cause and i applaud that as a cause 
But if that is the only thing that you're funding with mm-hmm. this one-time windfall, it's not like we're going to there, – there's not ever going to be, I don't think, another NFL right. team come to St. Louis that we can sue for three-quarters of a billion dollars. So this is like winning the lottery, and you have to be smart with the money. And even though that one cause is beneficial, there are lots of beneficial causes. And so this idea – I'm. In, in fact, I'm hopeful that they they got this idea by listening to Camel X. That's <laughs> I, I I don't think that's the reason, but I would certainly like to think that's the reason because this uh, article in the Post Dispatch that came out this week, mm-hmm. this was the first time I've even heard of that being discussed at City Hall. Well, it makes a ton of sense. I love this as an idea, and could it not be used for any city need, whether it's potholes, paying police officers more? Uh, that you could use it for 911 dispatchers, yes. raising that pay. All of that's on the table, right, for well, how these mo- this money could be used? Absolutely. It's all on the table. Uh, the problem is if you try to do everything with this money at once, then it becomes like shooting a shotgun at a distance of, of a half a mile. Mm-hmm. It becomes so, uh, you know, it, with a shotgun, when you shoot a shotgun, it, it goes in so many different directions and slows down that it accomplishes nothing. So that's why I like this idea of using 10 to $15 million in a year of interest that you can make an impact in one area, a serious impact. And then next year, you can make a serious impact in a different area. And to me, that is a it's almost too smart for government. <laughs> and, and I hope that they don't walk away from this idea because it makes too much sense. Who put the money in the wrong account? Who, whose office? Who would be responsible for that? Yeah, I think that was the city treasurer's office. And, um, uh, and it was costing, again, about thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 a day in lost interest money. Mm-hmm. And it, it harkens back, and I mentioned this a moment ago, but, but the, the whole argument for legalizing marijuana was that we want to raise tax revenue. And yet, because the city failed to timely file documents with the state, they lost out on tens of thousands of dollars in tax revenue, which was purportedly the entire reason for legalizing marijuana. So we got to be smarter with our money in the city. Would that have also fallen in the city treasurer's purview? I believe, yes, it would have. And so what the Board of Aldermen did Mm -hmm. was they've set up some guardrails to make sure that these types of uh, requirements of filing are now done more on a timely basis. There's accountability. There's uh, there's supervisory control over that. So they put those guardrails in place. But it really just harkens back to the idea that that as an entity, governments are bad at money. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping that the city gets smart with money to for as a change from previous uh, acts. Yeah, <laughs> accountability because it lost us a lot of money. He's Brad Young. I'm Amy Mark Scores. The Oxford word of the year is Riz. Do you guys know what it means? I talked to some local experts on how the youths these days are Utes. talking. Youths. <laughs> the two youths. The uh, uh, two what? Uh, uh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the two utes. Utes. The utes of America. Well, Brad Young, I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is the Chris and Amy Show. I uh, the. 
Oxford came out with their word of the year. And it is Riz. Yes. Riz. Now, you know what Riz means. Well, only because my youngest daughter, who just turned 21 yesterday, Mm -hmm. her and I were talking about it last week. But I always just laugh whenever these words come out and then adults try to use these words to sound like they're young (laughs) and cool. Yeah. But listen, I don't care how many young and hip words I use. Listen, I'm I, I'm never going to be hip and cool. That's just not going to happen. Well, Ranj, he's a hundred years old, and he'll say things like "it's a banger" or "that slaps." Sure. And I'm like, stop that! It's yep. off-putting. You're a hundred years old. You can't say something slaps or it's a banger. But exactly. He persists. Now, if you're listening, going, "What in the world? World does the word riz mean?" Well, you're in luck because, see, I sat down with some of the youths of America who Utes. are experts. The youths who are experts on these new words. So we will start uh, talking about Riz. Is Riz a word that you use often? Yes, it is. What about you? Yeah, pretty much. How would you guys define the word Riz? Um, kind of like... You're hot and you're, yeah. like, pretty. So I thought Riz meant you have charisma and no. energy and, like, you've got no. cool guy vibes. no. No. No, it means when you th- when everybody thinks that girls like you or boys boys like girls. or girls like boys. Yeah. Is Riz used for girls and boys or is it mostly used for boys? Mostly used for boys, but it can be used for girls. Yeah. Yeah. We have this one girl in our class that every boy likes and yeah. we say we she has Riz cuz every boy likes her. Do you say that to the person's face like, "Hey, you've got a lot of Riz?" Only to the boys. Yeah. But the girls might say it to other girls. Yeah. Do you guys have Riz? Uh, uh, this guy does. I do, apparently. Every single girl in our class always likes him and has a crush on him. What about the word Swifty? I mean, obviously it has to do with oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, that means um, they love like Taylor Swift and all her songs. Are you guys Swifties? Uh, I am. I am a big really. Swiftie. I only know a few songs, but I don't really like her. Here's a word I've heard, bet. bet. Uh, what yeah, does that I mean? Bet. Um, so let's say your dad or mom says, here, you can go, um, we're going to go to Sky Zone today or like a fun place like fishing, uh, to the store and you're like, all right, bet. And that means you're like really excited about Yeah, like it's basically just another word for awesome or for anything else that you're like really excited about. Yeah, bet. I hear bet. A lot. I talked to some more experts a little bit deeper, too, on the word Riz. Can you explain what the word Riz means? What Riz means is technically whenever a boy goes up to a girl and they say, like, a pickup line, and it's kind of like they're flirting. Um, (laughs) It means, like, a lot of people like you, and you're, like, if you're attractive, a, kind yeah, of. you're attractive. I heard Elaine here. Okay, <laughs> Elaine here has a lot of Riz. Elaine, that's her <laughs> alias. Yes. Did you use the word Riz last year? Or is it just no, no, no? no. no. Literally, nobody like, knew what it was. Really? I don't think it was a word back then. Yeah, uh-huh. like back yeah, in no. 2022. Yeah, in the beginning of 2023. I think. <laughs> and Brad. You know, you were talking about using the word older people, exactly. trying to use words to sound young. Uh, I also got some thoughts on that. 
so my mom just she's trying out all these new words and um well she does not know what they mean so like another example is lit she tries to use the words and she does not know what they mean she okay. doesn't know the meaning and she's just going in blind basically okay yeah so she just kind of guesses what they mean and says them whenever it's not a great time to use them. Yeah, a few months ago, my mom was also doing that, and then she stopped. Oh. My mom's on a break right now, which I'm really grateful about. But <laughs> well, let's ask uh, Elaine here. What what does a uh, bussin mean? Um, well, my dad uses it when he's eating food, and he says this is bussin, as in it's good. My <laughs> <laughs> my dad also uses it sometimes. Not really. So wait, do Only you guys not use bussin? Bus- no, I don't. Uh, I, don't I really. did. I my did. sister always uses it. Like, we went to Denny's last night. Yeah. My sister went to Denny's and had French toast, and she's like, "Man, this is so bussin." Mm-hmm. Also, like fire. Like that's fire. fire. That's fire. Lit. But you guys will say that. I uh, I've heard it. But I, I kind of just. Say I'm not one of the people to say that. I mean, I if people- like. If my sister's just like, that dinner was like fire, and I'll just like coffee off of her for a second, like, in a sarcastic way. What about sus? Oh, I'm just suspicious. 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 Suspicious and kind of weird. What about cap, no cap? Cap. Oh, cap is like a lie. Yeah, cap is a lie. And And no cap is like truth. Yeah, basically. Just. Well, thank you all very much for your time today. I think this was really, really helpful. Yep. Yep. Thank you. I just, there you go. I thought that was a huge public service. I got to tell you, there's a, there's a Edward R. Murrow award Mm -hmm. for this. I mean, this is, this is investigative journalism that you're doing here, Amy. And it is, it's spot on. Because thank you. And I think what the best part is (laughs) this demonstrates that by the time old people, yeah, which would be defined as anyone more than 25, I think. Once once those folks start using these words, that's by definition when the words are no longer cool. It's the death of the word. It's the death of the word. That's why there has to be so many new ones, because by the time grandma reads it on Facebook, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, it's not, it's 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 old, old language. Exactly. And there's even a difference between alpha and Gen Z. So if you are maybe 8, 9, 10 versus 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. different sets of words already. Now, also, as a bonus public service, I also asked some of these experts about Christmas gifts. What would be good gifts? Oh, good for timely. Yep, yep, for Generation Alpha and what might not be a great gift. Is riz a word that you use often? Yes. Not that one. Here we go. What are some of, like, the best Christmas gifts that kids want? Most kids are, like, playing video games, um, getting sports cards. When I was um, eight or nine, like, I would want, like, Roblox cards or V-Bucks or any, like, currency for a video game. So what I really want for Christmas is a pair of Ultra Boost. What's What's an Ultra Boost? It's a pair of shoes. What else would kids like? Maybe like sports memorabilia, like signed things. Yeah, uh, maybe like a new baseball bat, new baseball glove, yeah. or like a football. Yeah, football like, glove. yeah. Like I remember, like one or two years ago, I got a kicking stand. Mm-hmm. For yeah, yeah, I got one last year too. So I've been kicking field goals ever since. Yeah. Are there any gifts that are like 
not good gifts, a whole category where you would say, don't give this. I have a great idea. Like last year, I got one that I needed, but I didn't want. That, yeah, oh. I get those all the time. It was socks. Okay, so things you need but don't want? Yes, or socks. Socks, underwear? Eh, yeah, maybe. <sighs> yeah, I need some underwear. Well, if it's like decorated underwear, like a... Like a Despicable Me underwear, I would I would want it. Oh, that's yeah. that's cool. That's, yeah, that's incredible. But if it's like just plain, like blue or black yeah. or white, trash. <laughs> trash, man. Plain blue or black trash. or white underwear is trash. trash. But if you get some cool ones, to be honest, Despicable Me underwear, like Minion underwear, yeah, that sounds cool. It does sound cool. But, yeah. But what's the worst Christmas present you've ever received? <sighs> okay. I, so it was, I and I know it, <clears throat> I hope no one's listening, it was a, <laughs> like a, a knockoff Precious Moments porcelain, I, I don't know where you would get it, but it was a knockoff Precious Moments angel that didn't have any clothes on and also not a lot of paint, so it was just like a white porcelain angel, and it it was a very, very corpulent angel just very rotund (laughs) perhaps more rotund than any angel you could imagine and it was a blues hockey player so it just had a hockey stick and blue tape and i think there was a blue insignia on it and it it was something that i don't even know who would make it or where you would get it and i oh wow and you want to laugh i wanted to laugh i didn't mean i didn't laugh but I wanted to because it was just so, so amazing. Yeah, yep. so bad. Yep. So you still have it, though? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I was younger. I wish I had it. I think I was young enough that I didn't appreciate the absurdity of it. Right, because to, in, to some extent, it's like a really bad movie that you enjoy watching. Yes. All right, I've got a lot of those. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's so bad, I love watching mm-hmm. it. And that, to me, would be a gift that's so bad that it would be fun to laugh at Oh, year after year. A hundred percent. If I had not been 12, 13 years old, yep. I would have kept it. But I think as a kid... I'm like, I don't need this. But now I love it. It I I remember it so clearly. Mm. I don't know where it was made. Do you have a bad gift? Well, the the bad I, I don't have anything that's interesting or funny, but the uh, my father in law one year, God rest his soul, uh, he gave my mother in law a mop and a bucket. No. Yeah. No. And he really thought that's what she wanted. Yeah. And um that did not go over well, so it became it, be, it became a you know a family joke because yeah, I gave a mop and a bucket. No, that, you can't do that. Ooh, that's that's just my goodness. That's straight to the doghouse with you. That is yeah. well because even my mom has what she calls special money because you know when you're married, this is how I grew up, right? Like my dad's money was our money. Sure, my mom's money was her money. Well, that's the way it is at my house <laughs> yes. because my wife tells me all the time, Brad, what's what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. That's exactly right. And exactly. so if you got special money for Christmas, the rule is you couldn't use it for groceries or gas. Sure. That's special money. Right. That You have to use it for something you wouldn't have bought anyway. Exactly. So if like my mom got special money and then she had to use some of it to buy gas, my dad would owe her. <laughs> because <laughs> because right. that doesn't count as a special money purchase. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you get it. You oh, get sure the I do. special money. Absolutely. Yeah.
Perfect. Well, thank you to the Utes of America. Yes. I found that very enlightening. Oh, it was enlightening on, on numerous levels. Number one, the whole idea of the words being mm-hmm. cool and not cool, but especially the gifts. Yeah. And I love the comment that if, if you get the white, black, uh, or, or red blue. or blue underwear, right to the trash. 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 He's Brad Young. I'm Amy Mark Scores. Did you see this? Coming up next. Did you see that thing? I can't believe it. Something is obviously wrong. This is a joke, right? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? No way. You got to be kidding me. Don't feel bad. There's no way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? Brad Young, I don't know if you saw this, and I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. So... Who was it that came out with this list? There's a list for the most Christmassy towns. There's a list for the most Christmassy towns in the world. Can you imagine what a couple of the most Christmassy towns in the world might be? Uh, Snowfall, Idaho. <laughs> uh, in terms of their names or in terms of what they do? I guess I, that's a good question. I think the parameter is not the name, but the town itself, well, how it a, feels. There's a town in Indiana, I believe it's called Christmas Indiana, that gets a lot of attention every year. Let's see. Not, I don't see it here, which is weird because it's a list of the most Christmassy towns. We're going to start with the one in America. Branson. Branson, really? Branson made the list. But Branson is 45th. It's the 45th most Christmassy town, hmm. and I saw the headline on the news, and then I read it today. Does that make you feel um, like, great job, Branson? Are you surprised on how not Christmassy is? There's only 50 states, right? and, and Branson you're, and came you're in 45th. 45th, so that means there's 44. I, that's not something to be proud of. <laughs> But everyone's pretty proud of it. You know, I'm thinking if you if you throw up if you throw up uh, some old snowman in your yard, you may actually place higher than that. I right. I I don't know. So the number one Christmassy town in the United States is Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Okay. Well, you know why that is. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee is right there by like Dollywood. Okay. And um uh, and and they they're they're the new Branson. Even though I've been to Pigeon Forge when it was really small, uh, but now it's the new Branson where there's lots of attractions. There's people that have shows like Branson. uh, And uh, and so I can see why that would be the case. Interesting, though, if it's kind of like the new Branson, uh, Branson is still 45th. It's not like Branson is two. That's true. Durango, Colorado is number two. Right. But but don't you think for Durango, Colorado, it's going to have a lot to do with the snow and the way that it looks because Durango gets a lot of snow. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know that I've ever been to Durango. Interestingly, North Pole, Alaska came in 10th. Hmm. You would think that the North Pole would be higher than that. You would think so. But you remember the reason why North Pole, Alaska, though, to me has notoriety uh-huh. is that the the mayor of North Pole, Alaska, I believe, changed his name to Santa and he ran he ran in the uh, the runoff for uh, against Sarah Palin to be the congressperson from because they only have one congressperson from Alaska because of the the, the distribution of a population and so there were like 40 people running for the, for that congressional seat and Santa is a self-described socialist and he was the mayor of 
of North Pole, Alaska. That happened several years ago. And he legally changed his name to Santa? I believe so. I believe he legally changed his name to Santa so he could be the mayor of North Pole, Alaska. Like Santa Smith or Santa Claus? I don't recall. It was several years ago. I've slept since then. But uh, I I just thought it was interesting that he changed his name and that he was a self-described socialist. Well, it kind of makes sense because he does give stuff to everybody. But I guess it's made by the elves, so not really sure. Yeah, I think the elves... The elves need a union because I don't know what they're doing up there. And well, kind of we know them. that Santa has seized the means of production. That's so. true. It would be <laughs> that that would be a very socialist <laughs> idea, very wouldn't socialist it? Socialist idea. You have a five-year plan. <laughs> That's what we're gonna have. Santa. Also, did you see this West County Center? You know the Dove Mall. Yes. The Dove Mall is adding giving vending machines. So there are a variety of charities that you can choose from, and it's a vending machine, and then you can give. I don't, I didn't know there was a demand for this. Hmm. Well, I guess it's an opportunity or it's a way of giving people an easier opportunity to give because at Christmas time, obviously, we've all seen the the red kettles with the Salvation mm-hmm. Army and folks like to give. This would just be another opportunity uh, for giving, which, of course, is always good. Uh, the question is, do you get a tax deduction for that? I don't know. They give you a little receipt. Does it spit out the vending machine, give you a receipt? And would that qualify as a receipt uh, when you get uh, your taxes done? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a great question. And here's something that I'm sure you saw that I want to talk about later in more depth. But Southwest Airlines is going to pay a $140 million fine for its meltdown last year during the holidays. Remember when travelers were stranded for days and the operating system was down? Um, This type of penalty, does this just paid out then to hundreds of thousands of travelers where everybody gets 70 Cents. Exactly. But it's this is, as I understand the details of this plan, Amy, it's going to be in addition to what Southwest had already provided. For example, uh, they were already given points. If your flights were canceled, you were given travel vouchers, you were given points. If luggage was lost, which was done, I know we covered a lot of what are your rights under the law yep. if if your luggage is lost during that debacle that happened. Uh, this would all be in addition to what Southwest has already paid. So uh, this is going to cost Southwest Airlines some money, and it was all due to a computer glitch mm-hmm. that happened while the software was being updated by an outside vendor. But it also shows you, I think that the takeaway is it shows you the fragility of our of our society that that all of the travel can come to a screeching halt because of a small computer glitch uh, and, uh, and it shows we're not necessarily as stable as we sometimes think we we take communications for for granted and travel for granted sometimes we shouldn't be taking it for, for so much for granted no absolutely I mean the electric went out in our house for 45 minutes a few months ago and I mean I felt uh, worthless. You were getting out the gingham dresses I and mean, you were going to start plowing the I'm field. I'm like, well, this is how we die. Yeah. We're going to die in Chesterfield. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we have no electricity. But just what? like that, yeah. you become incapacitated. And I think Correct. on a bigger scale, that's how our society is. He is Brad Young. I'm Amy Mark Scores. And how can we solve the homeless problem in St. Louis? Samantha Stengel, the executive director of House Everyone STL, joins us. Next, this is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 